You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to another fabulous episode of Dear Multi-Hyphenate. I'm your host, Michael Kushner, and I'm so excited you're joining us. Thanks, as always, to Broadway Podcast Network, Alan, Dory, Katie, Yo, you are all amazing. Some good news, uh, my workshop for multi-hyphenates specifically is starting back up in December for its eighth session. We are going strong from December 6th to the 10th. So if you go to multihypeworkshop.com or email at multihypeworkshop at gmail.com, Kimberly Faye Greenberg... Ashley Kate Adams or I will get back to you and we hope you join us. It will still be virtual so that way we can reach anyone who is an artist um, across the world, not just in New York City. And thank you for your patience as I uh, went on a little hiatus for a second. The Halloween uh, holiday weekend was intense. I'm the new director of programming at the Green Room 42 and we had some incredible programming. Uh, It just, I had to... uh, be responsible and I felt that if um, putting out a episode as well as doing my programming as well as finishing uh, the final manuscript of my book I felt that would have been maybe a little too much and I wouldn't have been able to delegate well enough so I just postponed an episode of Dear Multi-Hyphenate took some time for myself to focus and that way I can deliver accordingly and that's what it's about uh, with being a multi-hyphenate right? is figuring out your bandwidth and your workload and applying accordingly. Anyway, let's getting let's get on with the episode. Uh, getting on, let's get on with the episode with Peppermint. Peppermint, as we all know, is drag race royalty, and she's also the first openly trans drag queen to be cast on RuPaul's Drag Race. She's an executive producer. She is a Broadway performer. We saw her do Head Over Heels on Broadway, and uh, she's a recording artist. She is incredible, and I'm so excited for you to listen to this episode. Please follow me on Instagram at the Michael Kushner or at DearMultiHyphenate, and if you have any thoughts, questions, comments, or concerns, please email me at DearMultiHyphenate at gmail.com. Enjoy! Hi, Peppermint. Hello. <laughs> I am so happy that we're having this conversation. Listen, Michael, I am extremely ecstatic. Um, you're the first person I've talked to all day. No lie. Really? <laughs> I'm obsessed. I mean, I've sent some emails, but the yeah. first human interaction, if we can call 
you know, I mean, we are digital. We're not in the same room. Spoiler alert. Well, you sound warm. So you sound like you. I'm always burning up. No matter what time of year it is, it is always too hot. It's always, it is, it's too hot. It is too hot. And these, you know, these apartments in New York City, these Harlem apartments, it's like they. Hot boxes. Hot, uh, hot boxes. (laughs) (laughs) That's the first thing that came to my mind. How's your, how's your day? How's your heart? What's going on? It's all good. You know, it's, it's really been interesting. It was a, you know, my, my mantra for 2021 is pretty much unfortunately the same one that I have for 2020, which is all things considered, (laughs) I'm doing okay. Um, but I, and I'm grateful for that, you know? Uh, so I'm doing pretty good. I've, you know, got things to work on and things to focus on and I've got a way to have some, a little bit of entertainment and I'm, I'm just about to, I just got back from the UK and I'm just about to head over, uh, to an undisclosed location for two vacations. Of course, um, if hopefully the rest of October, uh, hopefully October will prove to be safe to travel and there won't be any kind of October surprises. Yeah. The only scared I want to be in in October is Halloween. So Hello. let's, I don't want to be worried about a pandemic. Um, so you're on Dear Multi-Hyphenate and I ask artists that have multiple proficiencies, which cross pollinate to help flourish professional capabilities come on the show. And you are, you are such um, a reflection. A you are such a bitch. <laughs> you are such a bitch. You <laughs> I fucking love you. But you, on top of being a bitch, you are a reflection on that type of artistry. And I, I've, I've wanted to talk to you uh, for a long time in this sort of medium uh, about maneuvering life as an artist in the 21st century and the, and, and the type of um, what we carry on our shoulders uh, creating. So I say an artist, a multi-hyphenate artist is an artist who has multiple proficiencies across pollinate to help flourish professional capabilities. What would you say your hyphens are? Mine are actor, photographer, producer, writer, podcaster. So what would yours be? Mine are actor, singer, dancer, Broadway star. Yes, honey. (laughs) Drag entertainer, producer, recording artist, which is different than a singer. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and um, and uh, an activist. But I I actually try not. I actually don't usually. I usually leave that last little hy- hyphen off uh, as activist because it's kind of implied. I love that. Um, I actually kind of want to talk more about that just because. So I'm, I'm uh, writing a book and my book is coming out um, shortly. Uh, my first draft is turned in September 1st. What's up? I saw you go. Congra- no, I said congratulations, darling. I'm just like, I'm like, <gasps> oh, thank you. Thank you. And, you know, it's so funny is like, because it's being turned in September 1st, there might be conversations that I have from now until then that show up in there. We'll see. But I, um, I, uh, you know, it's interesting because I think socially responsible artistry is such a huge part of being a multi-hyphenate because we take up so much space, right? And in creating our own art, it has to have a very specific purpose and it has to, Mm. 
I think because it it deals with us. We are the actor. We are the director. We are the producer. We're taking up so much space. Mm-hmm. It has to affect the other. So mm-hmm. that's so mm-hmm. interesting that you leave it off. That you don't you don't um, you don't include activism as a part of a hyphen because it is your hyphenation. So can you elaborate on that a little more and just like your thought process? Yeah, well, I, you know, it's so interesting that you say that. I really, I think that's just really titillatingly profound uh, that it, that it's important that we, as artists slash citizens or hyphen citizens, <laughs> um, are involved in a certain type of activism because of the space that we occupy. And it is so much more than it would have been 10, 20, 30, 40 years ago as public figures. Uh, And the name of the game has definitely changed. It's really interesting. I was just watching on, and I'll answer your question in a second, but I was just looking at another person, a colleague, who who just had their own little, who was making an apology today because someone else made an apology and they defended that person saying that that person shouldn't have to make an apology because of, um, you know, the person was being dragged or held accountable, depending on, or canceled, depending on wh- how you see the the, the, the issue, uh, about saying some unsavory things when they were younger, when they were 16 on the internet. And my colleague was defending that person and it was about, it was around race, um, which is obviously a, 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 a importantly sensitive subject and my friend i found my friend making an apology a public apology today and i thought that was really interesting um and and gone are the days that you can like sort of just expect privacy when you are putting it in public it's different if you're in your house and someone's like sneaking in and recording you but you know what you your words are going to be public and so have them match with your public actions that's what i say um and, you know, I guess, you know, Hanoi Jane, Jane Fonda would have just would have been so happy uh, to hear that the people are actually that celebrities and actors and, and folks are being are involved in uh, social issues, mm-hmm. social justice, um, you know, that since she was so um, raked across the coals for um and so i think that's i i i think you're 100 spot on and so there was to answer your question there was um me as an activist my identity just puts me in the box of having to at least perform what they would call a sort of everyday activism just living and breathing and doing well or just be whatever my state of being is can be considered or has been described by some generally as a certain type of activism. Um, especially if I'm on the upswing and if I'm doing well and, and thriving uh, <clears throat> in spite of all of the things that we as marginalized people in marginalized communities face. And so, uh, you know, there's a, um, I think it's Susan Stryker is the author, uh, A Transgender History. Uh, Let me just make sure. Um, (laughs) uh, Yeah, here it is, Transgender History, uh, by Susan Stryker, that's right, uh, who says, 
that, um, in not so many words, I don't can't quote, but <clears throat> people of marginalized communities, AKA or hyphen, <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, um, LGBTQIA plus folks, especially trans folks, definitely people of color, any and or all of the above, uh, are oftentimes more politically active because we A, have a lot less to lose, and B, it's only in our best interest to change the status quo. And the choice is either be oppressed or fight against being oppressed. And so uh, I think <clears throat> people like us uh, who are a part of marginalized communities and minorities, regardless of how we identify, um, are a part of that story. And it obviously is in the interest of the greater, it's in the greater good for the greater good that we are doing this fighting for. And I do think it is, I do think it's important for us as, um, as these people, to, as these public figures to take up that space as well. And I don't know if it's important to publicly claim it and talk about being an activist as much as it is to just speak out when you see something wrong. I love that. I think, you know, there are a lot of people that add activism to their hyphens and it's, it's an inter it's an interesting thing because I think, I think I've also seen a lot of people add mother, daughter, things like that to mm. their hyphens. And, and actually Nina West and I were talking about that, how, uh, how she adds, um, brother and son to her hyphens, which I thought was really interesting and had a really interesting uh, mm. and compelling argument, not argument, because we weren't fighting about it, but uh, a compelling um, place on why she does that. And I think activism is sort of similar. It's I think that there are people that make their identity, like they are, they are like chairs of of organizations or they are founders of organizations, which is interesting. But the people that are actively living in that space, I don't necessarily, we don't, I think you make a really interesting point that we don't need to put it as a part of our hyphen identity. We just live it. It is just a, a spoken thing. And, and as a parallel to um, creating and being a multi-hyphenate, I say this often, but I think a lot of the times multi-hyphenates are usually members of the LGBTQIA plus community, women of color, um, people of color, because uh, our stories are not seen by the mainstream media. So we have to take it upon ourselves to make mm -hmm. sure those stories happen. So we put on the hats of producer, actor, director, because no one's helping, no one's helping us get there. there so multi-hyphenates are primarily marginalized people from marginalized communities because mm -hmm. there is it's so interesting that you said that. What what do we have to lose? <laughs> yeah, not being on the show or not being a part of the situation. That's already what is. And so, um, yeah, I completely, yeah, I think it's, it's, uh, it's important that we, it's, I think it's implied that we do it. I think it's important that we step up to the plate. I, the reason why I don't necessarily wear the badge, pick up the badge of activist, it's not, it's, again, I must reiterate, it's, it's not because I'm not 
doing and participating in activism. It's only because I don't necessarily want to give myself a descriptor that will make it easy for people to to exclude me right. as an activist. Right. Because I see, especially when it comes time to vote, <laughs> uh, but folks that are politically um, participating in political discourse, uh, usually online or somewhere in the media, who are might be self-described right wing mm -hmm. uh, or conservative often use activists as a dirty word meaning a left wing person that's just whatever they want to however they want to describe it and it's important for me to be able to remain a part of the conversation by not being canceled out as an activist or not being just just reduced to just an activist or reduced to activism and then booted out the door like oh, no, we don't want any activists in here boom no i'm here to have a conversation Something that has been on my mind uh, as of late, and um, it, it, it's cancel culture. And you you talked about it in the beginning a little bit. Um, and I just, I want to know, I'm having trouble navigating cancel culture. And I'm having trouble navigating it with my therapist because it's like, it's so terrifying to me because um, we're all human beings and we all have backgrounds and we all make mistakes and, and we all, uh, some mistakes are a lot more harmful than others. But I want to know like what, like cancel culture, how, and the artist, cancel culture and the artist, how do we navigate this? What is the best response? It's, like, it's so tough. It's tough. And I, and I do, it's like, there's two opposite and equal um, energies that are sort of, you know, two sides of the same coin that are, that are working around, you know, cancel culture, which is, you know, if it's in favor of what someone as an individual supports, then it's, accountability, culture. And the word, the buzzword cancel culture, like fake news and right. other things have been used to shut down conversations. Mm -hmm. um, and then canceling someone has been used to, I don't know if it, I don't know if canceling someone has been used to shut down a conversation. Um, I, I don't know, because I, I don't know. <laughs> It's 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 complicated, right? But mm -hmm. uh, certainly, labeling something as cancel culture does shut down the con shut down a certain part of the conversation. Uh, and so, I'm quick to I'm I don't want I I try not to even I don't even use the word cancel cancel culture. Uh, I do think that I don't think that there is anyone who's um, should be above or immune to criticism. Uh, but by the same, and that's not judgment, that's criticism. Uh, but by the same token, I am 100% in favor of people having options to learn and demonstrate what, what they've done and come, what they've done and, and experienced. Um, and so having a real conversation, a nuanced conversation, that allows different sides to express what they need to express and then space to, to learn 
Um, and also the wherewithal to, to actually say, no, you're not doing it right. This is what it was. I think that's, I do think that that is healthy. I think that's a healthy skill to develop as an individual. I do think it's important. Uh, but we live in a world where the, the thing that makes money is the thing that happens the fastest. The idea that spread get jumps in our brain the fastest and can be trans doesn't even need to be translated mm -hmm. and can just be immediately adopted and understood with pictures and images and things like that uh and headlines and buzzwords and things like that and so when when that's how when that's the currency then it's really difficult i think to to have nuance you you need time for conversation mm -hmm. and and thought and moments to really process you can't do that when you're like looking at a headline make a judgment like it quick scroll like it's just no time and so and by the same token as a producer or someone who creates content the 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 the, the, the spoils go to the person who does it first mm -hmm. the most the most non-descriptive because the more descriptors you have the more weighed down something is the more it, people have to think about it. If it's like the easiest picture to get that um, that you put out there, that's the quickest that people are like, oh, then then that usually is the thing that gets the most attention. Those are the things that go viral, right. all that stuff. But then you run the risk of offending someone because it's going to be about someone's appearance. The quickest thing to understand is just visuals. So it's going to be about someone's appearance. It's going to mm -hmm. be about uh, a, an, an idea that is easily um, just a snap judgment, you know, something that's very quick. Um, and that's when people tend to get in trouble, that, which is why I don't really participate in a lot of social media stuff the way that other people do. You're not gonna get any hot takes from me. I don't do it. I'm thinking about what I put out is something I've thought about. And I've been thinking about whatever it's gonna be, you know, not to say that I don't have like fun little reactions to things. And of course, I do participate in like and comment when it comes to social media. But um, I do find that the generalizations uh, and and not really taking the time to think about something and then making a generalization or a snap judgment about something is usually when people get into <laughs> trouble. Um, I know that putting it out there means that I'm giving people permission in a way to make these accusations. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda, whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe every day at Saks.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I feel like I feel like if if you're putting something basically what I'm hearing you say is if you're putting something out into the world and you stand by it and people come for you for it 
it's critique. It's just, it's just critique. And that's, that's really, and that's so interesting. And that sort of blew my mind a little bit because I'm a people pleaser. And as a multi-hyphenate, I have five aspects of my artistry that I want to please people in being a performer, a podcaster, a writer, a producer, and a photographer. I don't want to mess up. I don't want to mess up. I've worked. Me neither. I know. <laughs> I know. I don't want to mess up, but I also want to be able to have an opinion. And I also want to be able to, uh, I want my art to be able to cause a, um, a conversation and to shift perspective, but no good art, no good art pleases every single person. No. There's not even a good idea that pleases every single person, whether it's considered art or not. There, there's not even a, an opinion, good or bad, that pleases everyone. There just really aren't a lot. You say you can put out something as innocuous as, I love food, which is something <laughs> that you think everyone needs. You might think so, but believe me, there's gonna be somebody, there's gonna be half the people who are like, I can't believe you said, I hate food. There's some people who just feel that way. And so <laughs> it's, that's, I mean, look, I'm going to be very honest. I have no interest in like shying away from the truth, but I'm terrified. I've never been terrified of putting something out into the world, but I'm terrified of this book because um, it's so permanent. It's not an article yeah. online. It's not, it is people are paying for a hard or soft cover book and it will be on shelves. And it's, it's my, it's my view on multi-hyphenating. And mm -hmm. I know that based on my, on my skin color and my background, that there is privilege that comes with my perspective. So I'm trying desperately, desperately to make it a well-rounded um, experience where anyone in any part of their lives can become a multi-hyphenate artist. So I have a huge mm -hmm. chapter on location that even if you can't afford or don't have the resources to move to a big city, how do you do it from where you are right now? I'm trying desperately for this to be, because that's what multi-hyphenate art is. It, you know, the, my biggest inspiration, Elena Garcia, who's on an episode and she's writing my foreword for the book. Um, she's my high school teacher. She's a, a Cuban immigrant. Um, and Carbonell award-winning actress and uh, is an incredible multi-hyphenate actor, director, producer, writer. Um, and uh, she was the one that basically taught me the idea of being a multi-hyphenate and can and stick theater. Basically you can take a can and a stick and make life-changing theater with it. And mm. that's sort of what motivates me and the way the, the motivation of the book really because it's about access it's about understanding that if we're not finding the industry telling our stories which they're not telling mine the industry is not telling my stories so i gotta put it i got i have to take it upon myself and tell my stories and figure out a way to get them across mm -hmm. people's computers and screens and phones and all that good stuff so and I guess what I'm trying to say is that multi-evident is all about accessibility and it's all about figuring out a way to tell our own story. And sometimes it's with a can and a stick. Sometimes we get multi-million dollar backers. So a can and a stick sounds like a good Friday night to me. Right. I love that. <laughs> it might even bleed into a Saturday night for me. Who knows <laughs> if, if I'm, <laughs> if I'm feeling good enough. So, okay. So speaking of creation, right. You have a few things coming 
out that you're bringing into the world. And let's talk about the first thing, which is call me mother. Mm-hmm. Talk to me about it. Call me mother is a new drag reality competition show that uh, is, uh, we're trying to change the game a little bit. Um, <clears throat> there is a bunch of drag uh, talent hopefuls that we are searching for. We're searching for a multi-hyphenate hey. drag entertainer that is skilled in different types of performance and different styles of drag. And so we're calling on all types of drag entertainers uh, to come and be a part of the show. And we will form three houses. Uh, there are three mothers uh, who have three houses of drag children who battle it out each week. And then the mother of the losing house has to send home a child. Oh my God. <laughs> That sounds incredible. Yeah, it's uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be good. I'm excited, uh, and that comes out that comes on out TV uh, this fall. The date is not announced yet, but hopefully they'll announce it soon. So you filmed already? We have filmed, and it's starring myself, Crystal from RuPaul's Drag Race UK, and uh, a fabulous. Uh, French Canadian drag mother and drag entertainer um, Barbada, who is uh, such a sweetheart. Wow, I cannot. I I I mean, you know, it's it, it, I'm looking at my living room right now, which before the pandemic is um, <laughs> before the pandemic was, you know, full of members of the LGBTQI plus community that. We would, it's basically, you know, our, our Saturday night football where we would all yeah. come together and, and watch, you know, drag race episodes. And I feel like this is going to be one to add to our list because it sounds amazing. So. <laughs> it sounds incredible. I hope so. Yeah. It's, so it's a good time and I'm, I'm excited for, I can't wait for the world to meet these uh, drag entertainers and see the talents that they bring. I mean, on the first day, there are musicians, there are act yeah. acrobats, there are just all types of people <clears throat> who are, are going to show up uh, the first day we watch the audition tapes and people will be able to see some of the auditions that we, we had to, cons that we, that we were able to consider and some of them we, we had to, we weren't able to invite, you know, because we couldn't take everyone. Right, of course. <laughs> well, save that for season two. So what, um, what, um, so what was your role on Call Me Mother? I'm a drag mother and a, a judge. And you judge. Do, are you on the producing team? Are you, did you? I am an executive producer. Okay. So there we go. I want to know when creating this project, how did you, because what I say multi-hyphenating is now, um, I feature him in the book, but Dr. Norm Johnson, who's one of my professors at Ithaca, um, he uh, is one of six uh, movement doctors in the world. And he once mm -hmm. told me in, in, uh, at school, he said, um, it is impossible to multitask. And I, it, it just, it was interesting. And that always sat with me. So I interviewed him for the book and I was like, what do you mean? And he's like, well, multitasking is actually active switching. So, uh, and whether or not how fast or not, or you know what I mean, it's it, mm -hmm. the tasks, uh, we're never really juggling something at once because even a juggler, if they're, you know, 
juggling three three they balls. Their, it's different hands on different balls. In the same exactly. Way. So um, now that sounds like my typical Friday. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it doesn't bleed into Saturday. It stays there. <laughs> yeah. So appointments um, only. Appointments only, honey. <laughs> Saturday's my day off, please. Um, so, uh, so what I want to know is what is it like to actively switch and multitask when you are an executive producer and you're also on screen? Because I think that there are a lot of people, a lot of budding multi-hyphenates that, that are creating a web series. So they're creating a something where they are behind the lens, but they will also be in front. So what did you learn? What did you experience? I want to unpack that. Well, it is, uh, you know, it was my first time being a producer on a sh television show uh, of this magnitude. Uh, so I did learn a lot. And my, um, I made sure that I, my expertise was uh, everything that had to do with performance, the theatrical elements of the production. Uh, the theatrical elements and the elements, any element that would affect sort of the um, uh, experiences and therefore the results of the, the, the results that each artist was able to put out there, meaning, you know, how long it took for us to get in, you know, get dressed in drag and be ready for this show and to be ready to tape that was up for debate lots of times. And so as someone who's experienced in that and a producer, I uh, was able to provide some clarity on what we needed, you know? Uh, and, and I think that was just much appreciated because it was the f season one of a show like this who are put being put together by people <clears throat> who, and a network, who uh, know what they want, uh, but necessarily don't have, you know, they're calling on experts to, to be involved. And so it's important uh, that it's collaborative um, in that way. And at least not by everyone, but at least, you know, by in people that can really make sure that the job gets done. Um, <clears throat> And who are who are invested in it being efficient, but also um, effective, mm -hmm. <laughs> and and so that's uh, that was my role. So everything from you know giving my advice on how to light me and people of color mm -hmm. who look like me, we were in Canada, um, <laughs> was something that I said we should take a minute to get this right. Uh, you know, other things when they would they would come and ask, well, how do you think we should do this, or how can we differ from other shows? Um, you know, I was happy to give my opinion and and uh, and and be in the conversation. And so that's how I did that. It, it it is difficult, extremely difficult to do it and also be on camera because some of the times we had to stop. I had to stop what was happening on stage to put on a different hat. Um, or sometimes I wouldn't stop and I would just start talking like a producer, which is obviously not what the audience wants to see. No. But I was like, I don't care. You're gonna have to edit this out, but we need to fix this, you know, kind of thing. <laughs>
Yeah. I mean, methods of communication, like it's, it's interesting that you're saying that it's like there, we, when we are actively calling upon different hyphens, different proficiencies in, Mm -hmm. in, in a space, like if I, if I'm the executive producer and the DP and an actor, there are three different types of languages that I'm going to be using Mm -hmm. three different ways to communicate. And I think like, I think multi-hyphenating, there's definitely a bigger risk for failure and a bigger risk mm-hmm. for, for yes, mess. there is. You know, but but at the same time, it's beautiful because what better way to learn than to do than to than to fail and yeah. to understand like, okay, maybe next time I'm not gonna take three different hyphens for a new TV show. Or, you know what I mean? I'm not gonna commit myself on that level. It's it's all about, I think multi-hyphenating is just a, a, a really great way to secure personal growth and artistic growth because mm-hmm. it's just mm-hmm. risk-taking and, and, and stuff like that. And, and yeah. If it's self-imposed because there are times when you are supposed to be the on-camera talent, but they are expecting you to be the makeup artist and the hairstylist and the blah, 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 so that they don't have to, so they can save money. <laughs> and, you know, I mean, there's certainly a chance for personal growth there, uh, but it is, it, you know, unfortunately, if you're going to do it, something, you run the, at least run the risk of something the high risk of something mm-hmm. suffering. One of those hyphens getting less um, time to really uh, flourish. Yeah, and it's it's interesting because even if we are learning about the like, they want us to do, you know, cutting corners, they want us to be our own hair and makeup people. That's at least a lesson that we learn for the next, you know, our next yeah, contract definitely. where we go, I'm that sorry. Right, where we at least can go like, I'm so sorry, but um, that didn't work out last time and we're going to need a hair and makeup team. And uh, if you're going to need me to do this, then you need to put this in the budget. And I'm not talking about um, Call Me Mother by just so, oh, oh, right, 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 just right. so you know, right. when, when talking about needing a hair and makeup team, I'm just saying in general, in general. that's usually the first thing uh, that someone who is self-sufficient and coming lo- looking good, are looking ready and knowing you know putting together my own look uh you know it is interesting i there's other um there's other drag entertainers that i've talked to who have uh because drag is becoming so mainstream now that we are having more opportunities which is great to connect with um organizations and doing different uh different companies and different brands and things like that and sometimes it's there's uh, like a a group of people that are um, from different walks of life, different different reality shows, different types of actors and entertainers, who are the on-screen talent, and it's really interesting that uh, that they will see the need to sort of cater to and sort of you know um, pamper <laughs> the other talent on set. But if it's drag entertainers on set, they're just like, okay, you can go in the back there go you're, there's a chair maybe drag take that chair into this store into the storage closet and you can use that <laughs> they oh but i'm on the same commercial as such and such and so and so where they have a a, a, a 
a dinner spread and there's a hair and makeup room that they can go in and and you oh you paid to have a stylist bring some some gucci to dress them in and they showed up in a limo and i just had to come on my what like it's across the board and they are on a popular tv show but you're so are we and and each of these girls has a million followers not myself but each of our these drag queens these other drag queens have a million followers each this person has ten thousand. oh what's happening <laughs> Mm-mm. no i i mean do you think it's because i mean here i am the ever the the optimist i'm like these producers are like these girls know how to do it and, and we'll of course but they should offer us yeah, we know you have your own such and such and so and so. But what would make it easier for you? Yes, yes. So is there something a- else that we can pay for? Yes. <laughs> so those of you that are listening that are wondering how to be better producers and how to hold space better for your artists, that is, think about your artists. Think about the people that you're hiring and how to, how can you make their experience a better a better experience. And it's little things like that. It's just making sure that everyone is treated the same and that there's transportation and that there's maybe food, <laughs> you know, it's, I mean, I, I do like hearing you say that you're like, of course it's because they're, they, they trust us, but at the same time, like, um, you know, I'm sure it's, I'm sure it's the other, the opposite end of the spectrum. It's like, you know, members of the LGBTQIA plus community have fought for everything. It's like, why wouldn't yeah. we, why would we, we are, fight for this too? <laughs> we are, and we will fight. And believe me, that's the thing you don't expect. But yes, you can stick the drag queen in the, in the storage closet, but believe me, she might come out with a damn broom. So you better watch out because you're going to hear about it. And I had to, I had on a production, I won't say which, uh, recently had to um, self- uh, I had to be my own advocate and self-advocate and advocate for the other artists on set because it was a it was a a union production and the conditions weren't necessarily up to par. And then aside from that, there was sort of different a difference in how the there was like this hierarchy and how the people were being treated on set. And of course, you you know, the performance, the theatrical unions do create sometimes a hierarchy for in film and television. Uh, But when we're talking about like background talent versus, you know, you know, some of the leads and people like the first on the call sheet, but, you know, it just really doesn't make all of the stress and stripe that you put these on, especially the on camera people (laughs) through, it will make its way to the, to the screen it will make its way in onto the stage or into the project if there's if there's resentment yeah and you know unfortunately i mean it really is difficult to every single production has its you know problems and things you have to overcome i think that's what a, pro- a production is is a gr- group of people trying to make something in spite of all these and to get over all the hurdles but you know if you have a drag entertainer just understand that they did a whole, they've already, if they're, if they're there, they went through a whole lot of stress and strife to, to a show up, you know, cause it's just not easy. 
it's quite difficult. <laughs> you know what? You know what is easy? Talking with you, yeah. Peppermint. Aww. <laughs> so, you know, unfortunately I don't, I, 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 we have to wrap and I don't want to, but you also have a few other things, um, I that know. I would, I would love for you to, uh, tell the audience about and, um, it's a few things coming up. So I'll let you, I'll let you take the reins of that. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I would love for people to check out my new album, uh, a girl like me letters to my lovers. Uh, it's been out, it's already been out. So it's already available everywhere. Uh, which coincides with the short film that I have coming out on Out TV. Uh, it is called A Girl Like Me. And it's basically, I decided not to do music videos, but I did sort of a visual album slash short film that um, follows my life as uh, a Black trans woman out here in these Tinder streets <laughs> and what dating and love life can be like for a person like me. And so that comes out in um, October uh, next month. And uh, the there's a Christmas um, movie that I that I filmed uh, that I'm a part of that comes out this holiday season uh, that I'm excited about, starring some other fabulous um, folks, and I can't wait for for that to come out. It's gonna be exciting. I am I am the Jew that loves Christmas, so I will be very excited for that. Um, and where can we find you on social media? Peppermint247 everywhere. We love. Thank you, Peppermint. You are so amazing. And I'm so glad that we got to talk about, you know, multi-hyphenate expectations and uh, and cancel culture, which I feel like is such like a like a taboo sort of topic to talk about. Mm-hmm. And Hearing you here talking about it with you made makes me feel a little better. Um, it just does. It just makes Good, me because I'm canceling you. Hey, no! <laughs> just kidding, baby. <laughs> All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening, and uh, have a great day. Bye. <laughs> hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the Rise Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. Rise is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.